we talk about this topic, the first thing that we have to understand is we are all made differently. Okay? We're all made differently. One of the, one of the things that it's kind of like, duh, but then when you actually start to think about it, you go, this is kind of crazy. You know, it's kind of like eternity. But you hear like in churches, eternity, you know, thrown out all the time, right? Eternity, eternal life, all of that. But then when you actually, have you ever just sat there and thought about that? Like eternity, never ending. None of you have, cool. Um, you're like, no, I just believe it. You know, like, but isn't that a crazy thing? Really? Like, think about it. How many of you, be honest, just been like, man, eternity, I just, I don't even know. Like, it just doesn't stop, right? And I think when you think about, like, how you're made differently, you're, you're literally unique to where there is nobody who is you. There's nobody else. There's no other version of you on this planet. And there's never been a version of you on this planet. And there never will be another version of you. Virgin? Version of you on this planet, we're not going down that road tonight, okay? Uh, so you're, you're fine. Um, but I want you to just think about that for a minute. Like never, there's never been a you. There's not a you anywhere else. We can't travel the world and go, man, where, where is that? Where am I over here? Nope, it's not there. And there never will be another you. That's crazy in the history of time. And so what that always speaks to me, and, what, and, I, and I think about that at random points in time, but, but I go, man, there, it, there is incredible intentionality to you, to just you being you, to you being here, to where like, you know, I, I don't care if your parents like had an accident or somebody had an and then you came, like God knew, God created you. Right? If you were just like an add-on, you would be like a version of someone else, but you're not. You are you. He created you. He thought about you. He formed you in your mother's womb. And I love how David says this in Psalm 139:14. He says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And so we just see over and over again, there is incredible thought, incredible design to you uh, and to me. Uh, and then when we really get to the heart of how God views all of us, and when I say all of us, everybody in this room, okay, it, at the core of it's John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. He, for, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, okay? So over and over again in scripture, we see it, it loudly proclaimed that God loves everybody equally. Okay, now that's, that's pretty big for some of you to honestly just realize even that. That he loves everybody equally. Okay, even the Great Commission in Matthew 28, when, 19, when he tells all, all his followers, he's like, this is what you're going to go do. I'm about to leave. This is your job. Go into all the world. Go into all the nations, okay? So take this and spread this everywhere to all people groups, okay? Now, I, I want to be really clear because I think for a lot of us, we, um, we act like or maybe treat other people like God loves us better than them. Or God loves those kind of people better than those kind of people. That's not at all the case. 
And a lot of times we base it, we base it off a lot of things. We base it off of just where someone lives, someone's race, uh, someone's uh, background or their sin because we've qualified uh, that sin is like, you're worse than me, but that sin, I'm better than you. Like we do all of those things. We just don't say it uh, most of the time. But we treat people that way. And the reality is all throughout this, you, you just see, it, it's, it's clear from the Bible how God loves absolutely everybody equally. Jesus came for everyone. And there's not like, there, all these things that we build up in our minds with these other people. And, and, and honestly, it, it kind of ticks me off too because I think some of it's been passed down to us, which is really unhealthy um, and how we view people, even for some of you walking into a space like this and what you think of Christians and how wrong that actually is uh, when you study it. But guys, the gospel was never intended to communicate that God only loves certain people or certain kinds of people. Jesus taught the opposite. And, and what we see, though, is in light of he loved everyone equally, we see that God responded differently to different people. And what's so difficult for us is that we see God respond differently to people who were in the same situations. Okay, let me unpack that a little bit so you can understand where I'm coming from uh, with this. And we've all had these thoughts. Why is that person blessed financially and that one's not? Right? Like, and let's say they did the exact same thing. Same job, same, like, like, but, you know, I, I worked just as hard as them or, or my family did this and that. But for whatever reason, they are being blessed with all this money and we can't get anything. So why, God? Why, why when, and, and, and sometimes it's not even like equal playing field. It's like, I've done all of this and they've done nothing. Okay, and, 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 and yet they're being rewarded. There's people like that uh, if you're in athletics, if you're on a team. You see that in a team format. Uh, in school, you see that as well, where, where literally you like you did the same thing as another student, but the teacher gives them a better grade. And you're like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Right? But, but we see that, and, and, and honestly, we take this into our relationship, into our view uh, uh, of God. I, I see it all the time, and, 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 and I question it. Like, whenever I travel to another country in, um, and, and, and just go somewhere where there's people that are, are in much greater need than me um, in some of these countries, it's just crazy. And, and you go in there, and immediately I'm always hit with like, man, I didn't pick my parents. I didn't pick to be born there. So God loves me just as much as he loves that person. But for whatever reason, they're born into that, into nothing, into this, this horrible state of, of life that I would call it. And here I am like, man, my iPhone's getting old. Uh, that's funny because I've never thought that, but I think people think that because <laughs> I just run them into the ground, right? But we do that. We compare how much we have and, and they have nothing, right? And, and you didn't choose that. And, and for so many people, they're just born into this. And it's like, God, why? 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 You know, when we think about like people being healed, I mean, all the time. Um, I mean, yesterday, I don't know how many people messaged me about like 
cancer, uh, all these different health issues, and you pray. You pray for God to heal and, and, and all of that. And, and guys, there's cr- incredible stories where you, you see or you hear about people being healed, and then there's other stories where it's like, no. And, and, and literally, I don't know about you, but in my mind, I'm like, so why, why did they deserve to get healed, but they didn't? I know them. They're a way better person than they were. Right? Why? Why? And, and, and that's tough, I think, for a lot of us to wrap our minds around it. Um, when you think about, like, people even getting in trouble, right? Like, if you grew up with siblings, that was, like, the most annoying thing, right? Like, like one of you would get caught. You both were doing it, but just one of you, and it was you that got caught. So you're punished, and you're sitting there like, they did the same thing. You know, like, like why are you singling me out? You know, and I'm a middle child, so I always felt singled out. So I'm like, you hate me. I'm like, no, we don't. Stop. You know, yes, you do. I feel that way. And you're like, well, you're a middle child, so good luck, okay? You're going to carry that the rest of your life. <laughs> but we do that. And, and, and I even think about, man, uh, I was uh, speaking at this prison down in San Diego, and I was speaking into, man, I think it was Yard 4, where all these guys were serving life sentences. And... And I go in there to speak, and and I remember I hadn't been, I hadn't spoken in a in a prison ever, and and I'm just like you're pulling up, and you're just like, all right, man, I've seen the shows, I've seen the movies, what's about to go down? Like God, if this is it for me, man, God, I'm I don't know what's about to happen. Like it was just like all these things, all these, yeah. And, and I remember walking in, you're going through all these gates, all the security stuff and everything. And, and I get in there and, and I remember like I walk in and I'm in the back of the room and then all these guys come in, you know, and, and they all, you know, they're as buff as me. So it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, so we all come in and, and, and they're, they're in there and then they start worshiping. And it's still to this day. Last night was pretty sweet at our church, uh, worship and prayer night. But, but still, uh, that, that day in that prison was the best worship I've ever been a part of in my life. It was just amazing. And it's like people that like literally, they've got nothing. They're serving life sentences. Like it's game over, right? And they're there and, 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 and literally, um, I, I remember, man, I'm, I'm just walking up and I'm like, oh my goodness, I do not fit here. What am I going to do? And, and I remember I, I spoke and then afterwards I, I was hanging out with them, you know, making sure I was in a very public spot, but I was hanging out because man, you know, I've seen the movies. So, uh, so I'm talking and I'm hanging out with them and, and I'm talking to this guy and he, he was close to my age. And he was serving a life sentence. And we just started talking because, you know, these guys start just opening up. And, and what's crazy is they're, they're just so thankful. They're like, thank you so much for coming in here. Like, thank you. Like, this means so much to us. And I'm talking to this guy, and he's close to my age, and he's serving a life sentence. And because of the three-strike law in, in California, he was serving a life sentence for something. Like, like, literally what got him a life sentence is something that I had done Many times, long time ago, but like, like it was, it was crazy. 
And I was sitting there talking to him and my heart's just breaking. And you know what I'm being filled up with? This reality, like, why am I here? I'm going to walk out of here in a minute. I'm leaving and he's stuck. And it, and it has nothing to do with, man, I was better than you or anything else. It, it literally was like, man, that's his circumstances. That happened to him. Why in the world did that have to happen to him? And But for me, for whatever reason, like it didn't. You know, and, and, and so I don't know about you guys, but in those situations, I wrestled through that. I don't just go, oh, wow, well, that sucks. I'll see you later. Like, no, I really think about it. And, and, and it really, man, it, it affected me deeply thinking about like, like this posture I should have, and then, and then really go into God with like, man, why? Why is that the case? Why, why does that happen? You know, this morning I was dropping off my, my middle son at school, and, uh, and anyway, this worship song came on. We've sung it here, uh, Another in the Fire. I used to say Another One in the Fire, and they always, they always fix it, but Another in the Fire, and it's, and it's, about, you know, the, the story in the Bible with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the king tells them to bow down. They're like, I'm not bowing down to you. I'll throw you in the fire. Doesn't matter. We're not going to bow down to you. This is like the message version. And, and, then, and then literally, like, like, they refuse, and then they, like, make the fire all more and more hot and everything. And so literally so hot that the guards are, like, dying and burning up, and they throw them in there, and then there's another in the fire. Right? We believe it's Jesus in the fire with them, and, and now we have a song, right? And they're saved, and there's nothing, no hairs burned, anything about them, nothing. Every, every, incredible, right? Incredible miracle. But as I'm dropping off my son, I started thinking about all the people, all the Christians historically that have been burnt, that weren't another in the fire, right? Like they died. And I, and I started thinking about that, I probably should have been paying attention to what my kid was telling me and having this moment with my kid, but man, that's just what my mind's crazy. And, and so I just started thinking about it. I was just started thinking like, man, this song, I don't like it. That's not fair. I'm literally thinking in my car, like, that's not fair. What's so special about them? And all these other Jesus followers that burned at stakes. I mean, like crazy stories of people that there wasn't another in the fire, you know, like, like they were burnt. And, and, and so I don't know about you guys, but those are the things I think about, why did he save them? Why, why them, not them? Why does it seem like I hear he loves us equally, and yet when I think about him treating us differently, I don't have a really good thought about that. I don't really like that. I don't really think it's fair. And it brings me kind of back to that original question. Why does he love us equally, yet treat us differently? And so what I think I, I arrived at today as I was kind of working through this talk is that we need to understand that what's different about us is also what makes us special, and it makes us realize how valued we are to God. So it comes back to the original thing of you have to remind yourself that you are uniquely designed and what makes you sp so special and, and, and you knowing you're special is the reality that there is. There's never been anyone like you. There is not another you and there never will be another you. That's the intentionality. That's the love. That's the, de the design for you. And it's so special because of the exclusivity, because you're different. Isn't that crazy? So because you're different, you see how much God loves you. Right? Because if he had created a bunch of you, you're just one of a number. You're a robot. Right? You're a clone. Like, whatever. 
But no, actually the very thing that we see how much he values us is the differences that, that he's created, with, created uh, in us, the intentionality that we know he took with each and every one of us. And we see it because of our differences, not our sameness. Guys, so wouldn't you arrive then at the same conclusion when it comes to how he deals with us? Right? If he designed us that way, and we appreciate him for that, shouldn't we then appreciate him for then the way he deals with us in the same way? And, 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 I, and I was just kind of working through that, that thought. And, and obviously for me, I relate all of this, obviously just because I'm a dad, that's just where I'm at. I don't pretend that's not where I'm at. That's where I'm at. That's my life. And, and that's how I filter a lot of these thoughts, especially with God and, and as, as he's literally our, our heavenly father. And I, I was thinking about like with, with my boys, if I did everything the exact same for all my boys, does that communicate that I love them equally? I started thinking about that thought. So if I did every single thing the same way for all three of them, would that communicate that I love them equally? Now, if my dad was here, he'd be like, yeah, because that's like his philosophy is <laughs> like, I did this for your brother. I have to do it for you. But dad, I don't even like that, but I'm doing it for you because I love you the same. Like that's how his mind works. But I started thinking about it like, does that actually mean I love them equally if I just do everything the same for each of them? So Kingston, you went, Kingston's, Kingston, Bronx, Roman, that's their names, okay? Kingston, you went to that school. So Bronx, you're going to that school. But dad, no, Kingston went there. I love you the same. So you're gonna go to that school. But I don't learn, I don't like, you're going to that school, okay? And Roman, you can't talk yet, that's where you're going, Okay? And then Bronx, he, he, you, you did that activity. You got to go to that one-day soccer camp. So, Roman, you're going. I don't even like soccer. You're going because I love you equally, okay? And, and Kingston got to do this class. So, so Bronx, I got to treat you equally because I love you equally. So you're going to do that as well. I don't care if you don't like that. You're going to do it because I love you equally. Kingston had that kind of birthday cake. Bronx, that's the same birthday cake you get because I love you equally, it's the same. You're going to get that ice cream cake with your face on it. <laughs> it's weird, and it's way too expensive, but we're going to do it. <laughs> Stupid. 50 bucks for this thing, you guys. Dumb. I mean, someone's making a killing somewhere. Ridiculous. Not even good. Don't do it. If you work at Basket Robbins, I still love you. Okay. Uh, anyway, go with Dairy Queen. Anyway, Kingston. So, like, does that communicate that I love you all the same? does that if if i'm literally like that's how i'm that's how like i'm showing you that i love you is that i love you the same does that really does that communicate to that to them no that communicates to them like torture that communicates you don't actually care about me right because if i'm saying whatever their names are, bronx <laughs> if, I, if i say in bronx <laughs> uh, worst dad ever do as I say, not as I do. Okay, so if I, if I literally say, I love you, but I'm forcing you into exactly what your brother enjoyed or what he liked or what he's about, that is not demonstrating to Bronx that I love him, is it? It's not at all. It's not highlighting the uniqueness of him. It's not showcasing how God has uniquely designed you and you're different than him 
And so what, what is going to bring value into your life, uh, whether it's school, whether it's um, activities, or, or whether it's just the time that they spend with me. Guys, when, like if I literally spent time with each of them and I, and I said, hey, Kingston and I, we talked about Star Wars. Bronx, let's talk about Star Wars. Roman, let's talk about Star Wars. Like I just want you to think about this, you guys. And, and some of you are like, man, this is so stupid. Why is he doing this? Because it's the same expectation we have of God for us. And we think that that would communicate love. But in reality, it doesn't at all. In fact, it negates the very thing that you love about him is that you are uniquely individually created. And, and so just as with my boys, what communicates that I actually am a good father, that I actually love them, is the fact that I know them and I'm intentional with where they're at, where they're not at, and I take time to listen to them and I take time to put them in an environment that they're going to thrive in and I know that that's not going to look the same for all of them. I know that how I discipline them is going to be different. I know that how I reward them all is going to be different because they are different and that's special and that's amazing and that's that's beautiful. Um, why in the world do we separate those two though? It, with God. We do that. And it's so crazy because it's the very thing that you praise him for. It's the very thing that makes you go, man, God, you're amazing. And so when he starts to deal with you differently than someone else and you in your mind, you write the narrative, you're like, well, it's not the same. I did the same thing they did. They're being rewarded. Why did they get that family? Why did they get those parents? All of that. Why, why, did, why did this, man, I did the same thing, but it's not happening to me. It happened for them. All of that, we do that. And then we just project that to God. Like, why aren't you dealing with us the same way? Why aren't you treating us the same? And he's sitting there going, because that's not loving you. That's not your best. That's not my best for you. That's literally what he's saying. You're trying to live someone else's life. You're trying to say what would be best for you. And, 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 and literally, you guys, like, like the thing about it is this. You know, some of you are, are firstborn. How many of you are firstborn in the room? Firstborn, okay? So firstborn, I'm sorry. Because literally with the firstborn, as a parent, man, you're like bubble wrapping them. Like you're like, it's crazy because you're so, you're so scared. You're going to kill them. Like you don't know what you're doing. I have never met a parent when they had the kid, they passed them the kid. They're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Nobody. First one, you're like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, it's like they come in there and they're like, here's how you clip their nails. Like literally they do that. And I'm glad they do because this nurse, crazy nurse, told me how uh, a father, and she's looking at me, clipped off the fingertips of the baby. And I'm like, who are you? I'll never, I've never clipped their nails ever. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you remember that nurse? I can't touch it. I'm not looking at the fingers. They're nasty. You could deal with that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll do the diaper thing. I'm not clipping off their fingers. Okay. <laughs> like I just, it's in my head. <laughs> So anyway, I have no idea what I was talking about, but you guys, I really want you to think about this. I want you to think about how, how special you are and, and how thankful you are for that. But when God 
designs and creates an environment for you to thrive in, or he disciplines, or uh, he's, he's, he's doing uh, things that are outside of even like, like what you can see or what you can know. And, and guys, he's not just operating like, like, like with, with just you in mind either. There's people around you that, I mean, like he's operating at a sovereign level over everything and we're treating him and we're grading him like we're the judge and jury and, and everything about us is comparison. And he's saying, you praise me all the time because you're not like everybody, but all of a sudden now you want to be like everybody. And it just doesn't make sense. And guys, like I said, I think what's, what's sad about this is the very thing we're criticizing him for is actually the very thing that makes a great parent. Like that's what makes a great parent is a parent that can adjust, right? Like, like when I'm talking about that firstborn, the reason I'm sorry is because we get better, I think, with each kid. Now, from my experience, each kid gets worse, but I think we get better. Uh, amen, firstborn? Yeah, amen. And so like our firstborn, man, he's like, yes, yes, daddy, love you. Da, da, da. Our second one, he's like, and then our third, he's just like, he speaks in like a demonic voice and just like, you know, but we're better. We're more prepared because we've learned a lot. We've learned the individuality. We've learned how to like try and meet them where they're at and take them through that. We've learned about discipline and all that better. Guys, God's perfect. He can't make a mistake. He loves you. Uh, he is the definition of love. And so we have no business grading him, creating a chart of what's fair, what's not fair. And, and guys, I know it's hard. And, I, and, and listen, man, I resonate with David in Psalm 82 too. David is struggling and he literally says this to God. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? That's what he says to God. You shouldn't say that. He says that to God. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Guys, I'll be honest. I have those feelings sometimes. I have those feelings. But then here's what I want to encourage you with. Romans 2.11, for God shows no partiality. In Acts 10.34, it says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. In Colossians 3.25, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done and there is no partiality. So you guys, one of the huge takeaways here is you also have to stop judging based upon the right now because he says, I am impartial. I don't show partiality. You just may not experience it now, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like it's in his nature. And he loves everyone equally. He's impartial. And, and, and so you just, need to, you just need to hang your hat on that. You need to hold on to that. When you feel like judging him, uh, when you feel like, like this is what's right, this is what's wrong. And, and, and I think in our flesh, we are always trying to make sense and trying to like attach God to something. We just have no business uh, doing that. In John chapter 9, verse 3, uh, they literally walk up to a guy uh, uh, who's blind and his disciples, they look at Jesus and they say, who sinned him or his parents because he's blind. And he's like, but that's how they viewed the world. They're like, he deserved that. 
Jesus over and over again contradicts that message, that narrative. And, and man, I, I just want to encourage you. There is so much more at play than what you can see. So don't judge God with what you can't see. And, and, and when you're tempted to compare, to reason, remember that God operates out of this time and this space, and you're going to continue to struggle with this because we want to make sense, but the challenge for us is to trust by faith in the character and the nature of God. He loves us all the same, and he treats us differently because of that love. Guys, be faithful and hold on to what you do know. Focus on what you do know and then give to God what you don't. Man, that's such a huge thing for us is to hold on to what you know to be true. And then what you don't know, you give that to him. And sometimes it's going to be confusion, anger, disappointment, all these different feelings. But guys, you don't know. You don't know what's going on there. You don't know the story he's writing with their life. You don't know the story he's writing with yours. And so stop. Just give that over to him. Stop taking that and like using it against God. And some of you have been doing that your whole life. And you're literally criticizing him for the very thing that demonstrates how much he loves you. So guys, I just tonight, let's just think about that. I want you to think about it because there's always another side of the story. And I think for me, the big thing uh, tonight to really focus on is, is, is to remember that that intentionality, that design, that thought that, that he had when he made me, it's now the very, it's the same, now that same expression of that love is being demonstrated in how he treats and deals with me. And throughout my journey, you guys, the struggle is me trying to tell him what I need. And he's like, Steve, let me show you more of my love through this. And it's going to be because your story is going to be unique to you. Guys, embrace that. Follow him. He'll do something amazing. Let's pray.